If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. This is like my like ring of honor of like best business friends here. So I'm really pumped to, to have you all here. I'm Pablo, co-founder of Be The Stage. You, sir, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, Isar Matis, the other co-founder of Be The Stage. And it's, it's really awesome to see everybody here, like every week. And Daniel. So welcome, welcome aboard, Daniel. Yeah. Good to see you. Love it. All right, cool. So as you know, standard, standard operating procedure here is if you got something we can help with, raise your hand, let us know, put it in the chat, whatever, whatever. We're going to get into it. We're always coming prepared with some stuff that we think is good advice. So we're ready to hop into that. But we have Jenny Weigel raising her hand. Jenny, give it to me. What's the question? Hi, guys. And is that? Daniel, Daniel? Yeah. Oh my gosh, y'all. This is a flashback here. College days. Good to see you, man. Wow. Been a while. A story. Story. Let's connect story. the dots. Oh, God. Uh, yes. Well, uh, many of y'all know that I do know Pablo from college and and Daniel and he were fraternity brothers. And so many of those funny stories that I've alluded to before with Pablo. Oh, Daniel's somewhat in them too. So uh, anyway. <laughs> That's so funny. Great to see you. Hi, everyone. Yeah. So, okay. The latest podcast episode, maybe it was the second latest, where you took some clips from the last strategy show. I mean, that confirmed for me. I am missing out on a lot of good stuff on these. So I was like, you know what? I am going to make sure I attend the next one and ask a question that's been top of mind. So thank you for turning that into an episode. And thank you, Deb, for posing such a valuable question that I definitely got insight out of. So if you all haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. It's great. So I'm attending CMX Summit as just an attendee. I'm not speaking. For those of you who don't know, in our this field of online community professionals, there is an organization, CMX, having their first in-person event 
which used to be, you know, an annual thing, but this will be in mid-September in Redwood City, California, in the Bay Area. So super, super excited. But it's a very different kind of conference in that all the presentations are held in this theater, from what I understand. So there's not like, it's not a conference center. There is not a trade show floor or anything like that, right? So I'm trying to figure out the best way, you know, to do my networking and, and, and maybe an activation or something without, there's not like a conference center, you know, it's like this one building and nothing else has really been announced. So yeah, anyways, now Pablo, when you and your team go places, y'all make a splash. I can tell just from the recaps and the pictures that you share. Yeah. So I wanted to hear if any other consultants have suggestions on, you know, what, what, what else can I do? I have some ideas turning, but really I want to hear from y'all. <laughs> Jen, I'm going to forward you a, a video that I sent Tony Winslow, who's another Hall of Fame inductee here in, in the in the strategy sessions. But a couple of things that that we always do. Number one, look up, you know, like look up on LinkedIn who lives in that area, right? Like I feel like that's probably like pretty close to where you're at, right? So something that I always do, I was just telling Daniel this is. I will get, I will try to stay somewhere or know of a place that has a cool happy hour, right? And I'll look up on LinkedIn, anybody that lives in that circumference and anybody that's going to the conference. And I will DM people saying, Hey, when are you getting in night before the show, let's meet for happy hour so that I can meet you. I want to introduce you to XYZ. That's also going to come right. Like having, having your own happy hour and or, or an activity, right? Like you're in Redwood city, right? Like, why can't we why can't we say, hey, we're all going to go for a hike at this place on this day, the day before. Whoever's coming in early, let's go for a hike. Let's go for a walk somewhere cool. Like find a cool spot to gather people around and tell them that you're going to be there and that you've, inv- you've invited a whole bunch of other cool people. And that as a day before the event, if you can add it into your schedule, super duper home run, right? Like you don't have to pay the tab. You don't have to do anything. You just got to tell people that you're putting people together so that the next day, you're showing up with folks, right? So that's super low hanging fruit. The other thing that I do, Daniel, is my fanny pack around here? Oh yeah, I started carrying around this fanny pack. In this fanny pack is a is a kit that has kind of like a assemblable tripod selfie stick and a couple of lavalier mics, right? That I bought that connect to my cell phone, right? So it's got a connection. And what I have been doing at a bunch of conferences, I did this at a very similar conference. Actually, this one, Growth Now Summit Live. That's why I started using the fanny pack with it also, is that in these like one room conferences, you get a lot of access to the speakers, right? So what I've been doing it at the after party or the the nightly networker, I'll walk up to a speaker. I'll be like, oh man, I'm doing a little bit of you know content for the conference. I'll take him outside. I'll be like, do you want to do you want to make some of it? Right. I'll take him outside and I'll say, Hey, you know, like this is a speaker. They just gave this amazing talk about whatever, whatever. This is what I learned from it. Tell me some more about that. And I, and I get them to like deliver a speaking point on that. And then afterwards, I'm like, what did you find? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll think of something innovative about the conference itself. And I'm like, hey, I go to a lot of conferences. I thought that this was special. What did you find about special? Either about the thing that I said or the other thing. And that allows you to make these like, eight to 10 minute little segments of content for yourself that you can distribute later on while also connecting to the heavy hitters of the conference, right? Like you can do that with anybody. You can do that with anybody that you want to meet there or anybody that's your friend that you want to be more guilty by association with, 
right? Create that content. It's just a perfect excuse to just take him aside and have a 10 minute conversation, just like the trade show booth strategy, but just like in the back patio kind of thing, right? You don't really need the fanny pack. You can literally just do it with your phone. You just look a little bit more legit with, with the fanny pack. Just saying fanny packs make you look legit. Do y'all have anywhere in your in the Facebook group? And I can start a post if you don't, but like there where you like list out the brands you use for like these lavalier mics and, and things like you know, if I want to get we my little have, own little kit we have, together. We have the actual list somewhere. I just need you Ryan need can find it. Kit. And if if she doesn't have it now in real time, uh we actually have like a Google Sheets that is shareable that has and we I guess we need to learn from uh we need to add this thing to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We, we just need to learn to put it behind a fence wall and ask people for their emails to give it to them. <laughs> for now, for now we don't have that. So we can just give you the Pro list because you're a Pro buddy, toolkit. but uh, the list has that. We'll just add the stuff from the fanny pack into it. But yeah, we have, we have all the stuff that we're using. I will add something that is a little more work, but that we've done for one client. And it was really cool and very interesting in preparation for the conference. So you're going to CMX there's always every conference you go to, there's always the short list of people you really want to get together with. Some sometimes you don't know exactly who they are, but you know what they are. Like they are the head of blah 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 as this is this and that kind of company. So you do a little bit of research and then you interview them in advance or you have a conversation with them in advance on LinkedIn. So if you if you have some kind of a podcasting capability, do that. It's better. But if you're not, just have a conversation with them in advance on the topics that are interesting to you and you kind of like create your squad and you're preparing the ground for not showing up. Okay, let's see who I'm going to meet. Now there's already a list of 10, 20, 30 people that you've already started building relationships with. And that connects, by the way, perfectly to all the other stuff that we said, because then it will definitely come for your drinking night or hike or karaoke or go-karting, whatever it is that you're going to do. Karaoke works amazingly well. We're both Pablo and I love karaoke, but it's also a very casual and fun environment. So in addition to the fact it's karaoke, it just breaks all the barriers and everybody's having fun. So that's another way to do it. But that kind of builds up before the show. So you don't come in blank. Awesome ideas and karaoke. Yes, Patiti, thank you. And I saw that and I was like, how come I didn't think of that? Lori, I hope to see you there. Deb, maybe I'll see you there. Pablo, is there a chance I'll be seeing you in Redwood City in September? Pretty good, pretty good chance. Pretty good chance. Uh, pretty cool. Why don't we? Pablo is the reason I said karaoke because everywhere he goes, he wants to karaoke. Yeah, Jen, let's let's work together on this, right? Like, you know, let's figure it out. Let's do this stuff. Other other great conference activation stuff that is kind of other shortcuts that I have. Look at the list of presentations and events and whatnot. Think about the ones that you want to attend and think about the people that you want to meet with and send out small invitation, you know, like little group invitations. So, hey, I was really going to check out this one chat. Are you interested in this one? Should I save you a seat? Right. Like that gets you a couple of extra kind of like three to five minutes before and five to 10 minutes after with the people that you're trying to meet. Just because you're not the speaker doesn't mean you can't be the host of their experience there in any way. Right. So that's that's another thing. I took that from my buddy, Justin Latour, who I don't shut up about because I think it's freaking genius. I use that as well. uh, I have a, a live a real life experience about something like that. So I went to blog, one of the blog fests in Orlando, and I was going to one of the series or, you know, one of the speakers and it was like five minutes till, and there was no one in there. 
but there was a mic on stage and it was a small like classroom. So it wasn't like, you know, I was actually going on a stage stage. So I just went up and I said, I just took the mic and it was, it was hot. So I said, Hey, anybody here know each other? Tell me, who do you know? And who don't you know? And who, who have you been seeing across the room you want to know? And I just started like pairing people up, like networking them. Cause there was like time. So I was like, why are we all sitting here looking at our navels? It's stupid. So I started pairing people up. I started getting people to introduce themselves. And somebody was like, Hey, I need a such and such. Somebody's like, Hey, I'm a such and such. And so then I was pairing them up and and then the, we're like five minutes after now, and this person still isn't here. And I said, hey, if this guy doesn't show up, I'm going to just do the talk. And everybody was like, yeah, do the talk, do the talk. And he comes in when I'm in the middle of like getting applause kind of. And he's like, is this my room? And I was like, oh, yes, look, it's our speaker. And then I'm like, yay. And everybody started clapping for him. And he goes, are you sure? He's like, I, I, this is my room. I'm, I'm supposed to be speaking. He got all flustered and he was all upset. And I was like, no, here's your mic. And I was like, I was just warming up for you and everything. So it's really funny. But I was a little embarrassed because I was like on stage and he came in and he was like, what are you doing on my stage? <laughs> that's epic. That's awesome. <laughs> that's how that's how Great I got story. to speak on PodFest since the first one and next because of exactly the same story. But the, the cool thing for me that happened that the guy that arranges the conference noticed that his speaker is not there and then suddenly he had a speaker and he's like who are you i'm like don't worry i got this I'm like are you sure i'm like yeah now the funny thing is i had about seven episodes at the time and i was completely clueless <laughs> but so what i did by the way i invited two other people from the audience and we created a panel so we kind of could go back and forth but same kind of, and since then he he tells that story every time like how i saved him like i didn't save you i just saw a cool opportunity to be on stage and talk to people but it works <laughs> Slightly less terrifying way of doing something like that, Jen. If, you, if you're going to, again, I think I think the idea of connecting with people that you want to connect with on LinkedIn that you know are going to be there ahead of time, you know, just like that outbound message, like, hey, man, are you going? Right? Like I, for clicks, I like DM'd David Spinks, like, yo, dude, you're going to be there? I'm going to be there. You know, like, what's up? Right. Like you're, you're going to be on the same, on the same plane of everybody that's going to be there and just be like, I want to connect. Right. Like I've already reached out to Christopher Lockhead and was like, Hey man, I'm going to be in San Fran. I'm driving out to Santa Cruz. You down. And he said, yes. So FYI, the, so if, if you are, if you are, if you are reaching out and connecting with people, right. The other thing you can ask is like, what are you most trying to get from there? Right. And if you, if you get that right, there's definitely going to be Q and a panels. Right. So I always like to use the Q&A panel as a moment to put me on par with the keynote speakers or the people in the panel, right? Like you have a microphone for that moment, you are guilty by association with them. If you approach the question in a giving way, right? Like if you, when you go to ask a question for a panel, you can do a couple of things. You can say, hey, I've been DMing with people on the way here. And I know that this person, this person, this person has this question. So I think most valuable thing would be to ask it because I know other people have it and ask that question, you're, you're going to be popular, right? The other thing, if, if you don't have that data point, the other thing that I do is when I go to ask a question for Q&A at a conference, I try to give the speaker as much context that you're going to recognize this from the bootcamp, right? I try to give them as much context as possible, right? Because you're holding the mic, take your time, right? You're helping them by giving them context. It's going to allow them to give a better answer. If in your context, you share the vulnerability of why you're asking the question, what, what you're afraid of, 
you know, like share a vulnerability. I always like to, and it's usually a lie, but I'm always like, oh, I'm kind of nervous. You know, like, and people are like, oh, he's nervous. I can be, I like, I like him, right? Like vulnerability connects, right? It's not usually a lie. I'm usually a little bit nervous right before I say it. So I just say it to, to like make it lose its power. But, you know, if you add a little context, like, hey, you know, I'm asking this because I've been struggling with this thing. And that's why I want to know the answer to this question. They're going to give you a much better answer. They're going to remember you. And most likely one to three people in the room are going to come up to you after and be like, oh my God, I had the same problem. And that's another, that's another kind of like flywheel concept that adds more relationships to what you're doing as well. Love it. Love it. Pablo, something else I've learned from you that I even do in my personal life now, anytime I'm standing in line, I start to make friends. Let's go. Thank you for that. This was literally my next tip. Always start small talks, like always, always, always. And, And one more thing about starting small talks, always invite people in. Two people having a conversation, there's always going to be a third person in a conference standing next to him. Bring them into the conversation. A, they will appreciate it because it's kind of awkward getting into a conversation. And B, you just made another friend. You can make another introduction. You can provide more value. So always start small talk. Always see who else is around and bring them into the conversation. Introduce them to the other people. Kind of like bring them up to speed on what you're talking about. Very easy to do. Extremely valuable as far as a relationship building tool. Jenny, you just made my day. I'm going to add another KPI to my life, right? Like I'm going to add how many people tell me that they're starting conversations with people in lines randomly as a KPI to my life, as well as how many people tell me they bought a reusable water bottle because they can't like listen to me make fun of them about using plastic anymore. So I'm just throwing that out there. I've got a success and a failure story on that making friends line, by the way. Pablo knows some of this. So I, I, I was, I'm in England, fairly obviously, hopefully. Sorry, everybody. And I went to a conference and I was like, I'm going to use Pablo's thing. I'm going to talk to people in front of behind me. Guy in front blanked me, just didn't even acknowledge me. Went to the guy, guy behind me. How about that guy? He blanked me as well. So <laughs> then I went to a show in the US in Nashville and I didn't know anyone there. And I did the same thing. I was getting some shrimp and some grits, which I had no idea what that meant. So I asked somebody and became my new best friends. They were all from the Orlando chapter. And I had a great night out with those people. So thank you, Pablo. Gareth, what about your best friend that you made at an airport? Don't forget about that guy. <laughs> I've made I made like 10, 15 friends at airports on that trip, Pablo. But yeah, so a guy invited me to a, a, go out in New Orleans with him. I'm still waiting for the reply text, but I'm sure it's coming. It's definitely coming. <laughs> and I met in Nashville, I met the head of marketing for energy and utilities for oracle databases like massive tech company and that's my sector so i'm now trying to get weasel my way in there as well but yes so worked great thank you Barbara. let's go jenny i'm so pumped that you came i'm so pumped that we published i've been wanting to publish relationship driven growth strategy sessions forever and i thought that when deb asked that question last week that's one of those questions everybody's thinking about and i thought that you know like we gave great advice. Isar gave great advice. I gave great advice. Other people gave great advice. Like I'm really pumped we published that because this is, you know, spoiler alert, this is the ultimate content stream. If you have really intelligent people showing up to ask you your advice and you're able to answer it, game over. You've won, right? Like that is what state of demand gen is, repurposing that stuff and sharing it. You know, that's really, that's really the ultimate thing. And and I think this. I think today marks a moment where this has become very, very real, right? Like if if we are getting someone to show up because we published how valuable it was, so now it makes you put it on your on your on your calendar, you know, to give you all backstory to this, right? This is why we do what we do, right? The our North Star is to get to this point of community 
where there is a group of people showing up that all have interconnectivity to each other, right? Like Lee is friends with Lee, Pratiti, Gareth, and Deb all know each other, right? And Lori, right? Like, and my, like everybody here has like connected before, you know, and, and to get here, it's been one part showing up every week with a live show. And the other part has been having the cohort online class that allowed people to kind of like get a quick level of understanding of what we're up to connect to each other and build a routine around showing up. Right. This is actually what my keynote at CMX is going to be about is, is, is this strategy. Right. So, because yeah, Jen, I got invited to speak at CMX last week. I'm super pumped. So, so yeah, cool. One, one more thing, one more thing for the conference that works extremely well, have either a t-shirt, a jacket, or a hat that says something cool, unique, strange, that is not common. And that works every single time. Like a guy that I became a good friend with and we, we kind of like help each other with business stuff. And I was in his podcast and was on my podcast started because he had a t-shirt that said, my mom, no, your mom listens to my podcast, which is like, it's so awesome, right? Because you can't ignore that. So when I got to ask a question, again, going back to Pablo and how you ask a question and build a connection, I grabbed the mic and said, well, we haven't met, but I see you already know my mom. So that's how the whole, that's how the whole thing started. But having something that will break the ice is awesome. And we did that at Podfest. We all had like matching bomber jackets that said something unique in the back. And like more than a few people came to ask us like, what's the whole jacket thing is about? So it's it's an easy way. It's it's very cheap to do. And then it's just an icebreaker that you don't have to even speak for because it kind of like speaks for you. Yeah, Jenny, I think for you, since this is literally your industry's main event, like I would spend a thousand bucks and get 10 really cool, really unique articles of clothing, right? Like those, like the bomber jackets worked, man. Like they're, they're freaking cool. Right. And everybody, everybody was like, dude, be, be the stages everywhere. Like I, I gave out like six of them at Podfest, and to ask Isar, like Justin Schenk went up to Isar, like, oh, hey, you're with Pablo, right? <laughs> you know, like he thought it was me that he was talking to. And it makes you, it makes you seem omnipresent. And if you make like, you know, just, just don't, don't cheap out on it, make it like unique, make it really, really cool with your brand, with something personalized that you know that they're going to end up wanting to wear. And you hand it out at that thing of something that, you know, everybody can use like one light layer in these like frigid conference conference rooms. Right. So like, if you provide that for folks that they can wear in what they're doing, that's a, that's a major, major splash that you can make a lightning strike, as they say, in our world of category design, Milady. So it works really, really well. So amazing. Thank you all so much. Appreciate everyone chiming in. I'm so glad I joined. But yes. Thank you. Anybody, all. anybody else got a fastball for, for conferences? Somebody said something else. No, I was going to say, when, when we do. go to the one that's fortune builders, they always have some kind of thing that's outside that you can write a message to, like your why are you investing in and put that on a thing. And it, I mean, you could have something like that for your, I guess, like, you know, what is the draw? What brought you here? What would this thing be? And have a booth set up where people could write this on there and, and put it on display. And then when people were walking by, everybody can kind of see like, oh, that's why they're there. That's pretty cool. And it has their name. You know what I mean? It's just little, they do little things to try and get people connected in this huge 4,000 people conference where you're bumping into people and you don't even know like this comes from them. This is 
CAWs celebrate all wins, right? So if you get that, you've sold a house or you've done something and and you just tell them and they give you this shirt and then people walk up to you and say, hey, what's that celebrate all wins? And on the back, it has all of these things, like their mottos of what they're doing and everything. I just put it on because I had my PJs on because I was golfing and got killed in a thunderstorm. <laughs> so I came in second wet. My wife says, get upstairs, get changed. <laughs> That's awesome, Lee. Uh, Lori, did you, was that you that said that you got something? It was me. It was me. Indeed, it was me. Let me turn on my video. So so before I was in community, I was a technical writer and a project manager for a long time. And I used to go to this very fun conference in Portland called Break the Docks. And there are a lot of introverts there. And everybody was kind of like, this is awkward. So one of the organizers said, if you are going to talk to anybody, you need to follow what he called the Pac-Man model. And I try really hard when I talk to people too, and I'm like situationally extroverted to do this. And that is that you never have a closed circle of people you're talking to. You So you think, you know what Pac-Man looks like, how it's kind of like three fourths of a circle, but then there's kind of a triangle. So leave that space open. If you're talking to three people, five people, like leave the space so someone else feels like, okay, I can come in. And I can tell you as an extrovert, as an introvert, rather, that was really helpful for me because I just, you know, find these things a little bit overwhelming and I think it really makes people feel good. So I just thought I'd share. And I have one more. I did this a lot at networking events and was inadvertently dubbed the queen of networking because of this. I would go to other people's networking events and I would stand at the door and greet people as they came in, kind of like being at church. And I would say, welcome. So glad you're here. Why are you here? And like, oh, yeah, there's a seat right over there. Or, oh, you should know so-and-so. She just came in and she told me this. And you should sit by her and that kind of stuff. And people thought that I was hosting it. I was running it. No, I was just attending. I wasn't speaking. I wasn't doing anything. Or if everyone was sitting down when I got there, I would walk the rows and just introduce myself. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. What do you do? That was my only, that was all I said. I didn't say, hi, I'm Elizabeth, and I do these amazing things, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, hi, my name's Elizabeth. What do you do? And I immediately was like, it's on you now. Tell me what you do. And so I did a lot of that, and that was really helpful. Also, for the introvert side, like Lori was saying, it the people that are already, like, sitting down, they have their coat on, they have their little notepad, they're, like, ready to go. They don't they don't want to really interact with anyone else, but I kind of forced it. So I got up there and was like, hi, my name's Elizabeth. What do you do? Now you have to speak to me. Elizabeth, I love meeting an alpha networker like yourself. It's so good. It's so awesome. That's really good. Okay. Let's get to some of the bullet points that we kind of were were, were pre-planning to share. I have a couple. I, I'm going to start with, since Daniel's in the room, we've I've been here interviewing his... So Daniel is a financial advisor that works with physicians, right? And duh, makes a lot of sense. Physicians got money, you know, like they get, they get recruited, like athletes get recruited to give them money. But man, it hit me. It hit me so hard as I was asking, I was interviewing Daniel questions. Part of our, when we launch a show for someone, or we do this as like standalone activations, we show up and we interview your team and we interview your clients. And we're basically looking for two sides of a bucket, right? Like one is what makes you unique. And normally we get into like mission and values and hit on all of those things. And then different unique value propositions that I'm trying to get him and his, and his team to talk about. And also 
what do you know about your client, right? Like, tell me what your client is thinking when they have the pain that they may be thinking that they may need your help in. Tell me what your client is thinking and what you wish they could think. Tell me what your client is thinking when they are now looking for people like you and what you wish they were thinking and what's great advice. Tell me what your client is thinking when they're making the purchasing decision, right? Like we go through the entire buyer's journey from their perspective and the best advice that they could give to the client. And then we do that same thing with the client. What were you thinking when you were going through all of this? And then, and then we also ask him about all the different unique value propositions of, of the client of our client as well, so that we get him both of them speaking in their own words about the same things. And it shows like they know each other. Today, we had a little bit of extra time with a camera guy. And I was like, all right, Daniel, I'm just gonna go. And I started asking him, I started asking him, like, hey man, what's what's unique about physicians what is what's changed in the life of physicians what has you know what what do people what do you tell your friends at a cocktail party like you wouldn't believe but doctors do this what do you you know right like a bunch of just like really stuff and what what really stuck out to me is the power of a niche his his ability to uniquely understand the life the the life experience perspectives pains struggles dreams of doctors because he only talks to doctors all the time was one of the strongest like shows of force I have ever seen in in somebody in their business. And it's so clear to me that when great marketers, like I'm sure, you know, if you're going to pay Elizabeth to give you some advice, she's going to probably say niche down. And it's really scary to do, right? Like it's really scary to be like, nah, I don't serve those people. I only serve these people. But what becomes very evident to me is that niching down helps you create this flywheel of information that makes it so that, you know, maybe from one client to the next, you know, a little bit more about them. But as time goes on, that's this like compounding asset that the return gets greater and greater because you really start going from conversation to conversation, having an unbelievable amount of value to offer the next person that you speak to. And it was like, has never been more apparent than like about 45, like two hours ago when I was talking to Danny, I was like, bro, this is good, man. And I, I was just like, I was just like off the top of my head, what do you think is the favorite haircut for doctor? You know, like it was, but he knew everything. And I can only imagine as a networker, right. As someone that for 15 years has spoken to everybody about everything and the value that it brings me to be able to give advice to someone based on their experience, man, I can only imagine the value that that has brought to you as far as like pipeline acceleration, opening new clients and and, and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just makes <clears throat> sales is different. I've done sales, not like this, you know, not having a niche and it's, it's a different ball game when you have, you know, well-defined niche it's more natural and uh you know self-selective so a lot of times our clients are kind of like our sales conversations are more like you know where do i sign i mean it's not there's not a lot of convincing going on and especially after pablo helps us out like we have a lot of i mean i'm not the best at connecting all the dots i got it all you know in my head but there's just a lot of stuff in there so you know translating into our clients' language and connecting all the dots is where Pablo's a rock star. And that's going to take us to the next level. But, you know, the key is we, you know, it complements it to already have an existing niche. I mean, it's just going to, you know, 
compound at once you start hitting on all your cylinders. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you for the compliment, right? Like I, I think at the end of the day, it's just to being a good, being a good question asker, right? Like when you combine a subject matter expert, right? Like he's not a subject matter expert in medicine, but by sticking to one client for a really, really long time, he's become a subject matter expert in the life of their client. And you combine that kind of like stuff that's up here with a podcaster who perfect, who asks questions all day long or a great networker who asks questions all day long. And you're able to get some real magic. Elizabeth, I know you got, I know you got something on this. Yeah. I actually wanted to speak to the niche thing because I find this, this with a lot of my clients that come in the room, they sit down for the branding day and I tell them they have to niche down and they are scared to death. They do not want to eliminate anybody. They don't want to exclude anyone. They think they're going to lose all their business and they're going to have enough money like because they already have existing business. So they've already started running a business. And I wanted to speak to the fact that there are two types of niches. And one of them is like what you've done with Daniel, like what he's done. It's you have a client type and you go after that client type. And usually it's siloed, right? It's like the doctors and financial planning, like just, it just fits together. It's perfect. It works really well. The other kind of niche is the, like the kind I have. And that is where I have my own niche and I don't have a specific type of client that I work with. I don't just work with, you know, chiropractors or just nonprofits or whatnot, but I have a type of niche that I only do a certain type of networking the way that I do it. And so if you want this brand of networking, and it's not even just the unique factor, it's not just the like my brand, so to speak, as in a branding term, but this type of networking, which is, or, you know, marketing and networking, which is so different, then you will come to this place because this is the only place that it's offered. So that's another type of niche. And I think a lot of people get too scared that they're going to eliminate an entire group of people when they don't have to even go that direction. They could go the, the direction of niching their business to the point that they're serving a lot of people, but that they're only serving them in a very narrow way. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in, connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. We echo with that. Absolutely, Elizabeth, right? Like we are, we've had, Easter and I have had a hell of a time finding an actual like client persona niche, right? Like there's definite correlations. We We know we love to work with companies that lead by core values has been a, a total thing because again, when you're interviewing somebody and like you can, they, they clearly do it, then all their employees and all their clients are also going to say it in their own words and it shows this value. But what's worked for us, which we said in, in the call that Jenny was referencing is this idea that, you know, we tell people, Hey, like we're not, you know, if what you want is a podcast, that's not us, man. Like most, most people you're going to come to, they're going to do this thing one way we do it another way. We mm-hmm. we we believe in relationship out. Most people are creating marketing plans and content audience in. We believe in relationship out. And because of that, you know, we do this like launch where we interview people and then we create this content and then we do this show. And then after our audience has informed us, then we give you like 
our advice, which isn't our advice, it's your own client's advice, right? Like that has really changed the that has really changed the dynamic for us. And it's you're talking about differentiation, right? Like like the the differentiation niche or the client niche as well. When right? Pablo explains and by the way, too that's what I need. <laughs> that's what and I want. by the way, to, to touch about something that you said earlier, Elizabeth, and to connect the dots for some of the people, the outcome is that you're giving the client six months of amazing content that the top people from the company is talking about and that your clients is saying about you. So you have six months of amazing content. Why is that connected to what you said before? It's a quick win, right? You're giving them a quick win, like day one, you know, Daniel in this case, in two weeks, we'll have content for the next six months to publish daily on, on social media that highlights why they're unique, why their clients think they're unique. What was the value proposition? How was it to work with them? You know, what did they achieve in what they're like, all the things you want to say, you have like this, like in a very short time frame with relatively little effort from the company, you're creating all these amazing, all this amazing content. So it's just a, a backend benefit of, of this entire process. Elizabeth, I'd love to ask you something, right? Because I think that the downside to our niche, right? Like the type of niching we're doing is that while, and our next bullet point comes to this, right? Like, because we've done this a bunch of times, we know how to explain what this journey is going to feel like for you because we've seen it a bunch. But what I lack, right? What I was really jealous of Daniel just now is this like in-depth, this is your life, buddy. Before you ever met me, I know you, right? So like like that 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 part of it is really, really powerful when you can get into a specific vertical. And I wonder if, how you how you think about that right like do you you have a wide range of clients you know how to take them through this one experience but have you also been able to identify verticals where you can also have that other advantage as well yeah absolutely and and it's actually a double edged sword because i've had clients come to me i do really well in the nonprofit space even though they don't have any money, quote unquote. <laughs> That's their little thing. They say, we don't have any money. They do, and they'll find it if they want to get things done. But they've been a really great niche for me to, to kind of go back to that type of well, if that makes sense. And the problem I've had, though, the other side of it is I've had nonprofits come to me and say, oh, well, you've already worked with a nonprofit like this. Mm. Oh, I wanted to be the first one. Oh, I wanted to be, you know, what's kind of like our competition, you know? And so I've had those kinds of conversations and then I'm thinking, but you're unique. You're not the same. Like that's, that's totally, I'm not going to do the same thing for you. I did for them, but at the same time, I can also bring in my experience with nonprofits and say to a nonprofit in my 15 minute phone call where I'm actually doing a sale and say, yeah, we actually took two nonprofits over a four year period they their revenue went up from like 50,000 to 600,000 in 4 years. So we helped with that. We were the marketing people for that and we did everything. We did their website, we did their brands, we did all of it, all their social everything for 4 years. And so for us to have those kind of numbers and those kind of statistics in a 15 minute phone call, I can just whip that out and be like, yeah, we've done this with nonprofits. We've taken them from A to B, no problem. But then being able to see some other clients go, oh, we didn't, we'd start competition. We didn't want you to work with another chiropractor. Well, you're different. So I'd market you differently. So, you know, it's just a kind of a double-edged sword for me sometimes. I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, we're starting to find, I was just telling Daniel that like, we're also finding this like mini niche inside of a niche as well in like wealth creation companies, right? So like, you know, I, I'm very familiar with the nonprofit world, man. We can 
create this, like, you can also just be like, yeah, but I worked with Habitat for Humanity. They're solving like affordable housing. You are a, a lighthouse for the blind, right? Like for us, for us in the, for us in the wealth creation space, we're doing really well with a real estate investing company. And I can use the tenets of like, this is how people make decisions about whether or not they want to invest with you. When I talk to Daniel, because, and we know that our product, everybody likes to talk about money, right? So like the idea of like, come to a live show makes a lot of sense when it's a subject that everybody loves to show up to talk about. So like finding those kind of like cross sections, we're, we're getting good success. Esar is having a really good kind of like pipeline right now with this like company that's fragmentalizing investing and like, right. So it's, so we're, we're finding these like things that I like, I wouldn't want to go, I mean, I would, but I'm probably not going to go launch a competing show for a vertically integrated turnkey rental property investing company. But I think as a marketer, we've done a really good job at completely making them a category of their own, right? So like one of the things that you can really solve for is if you are taking somebody in a space is showcasing how what you do allows them to create their own niche inside of their own space. And then the story that you create is like, yeah, you're a nonprofit right now, but like, if you work with me, you're not going to be a nonprofit. You're going to be like the person that does this. Right. So like, I think there's, there's also like an advantage of being able to do that across multiple things within one sector. Right. For us, really going back to figuring out the stuff that we're good at and, and that's why you want to niche down. Right. So now Daniel knows doctors in and out. Like he knows what they think, how they behave, what their problems are, what they're thinking about, because he's spoken to so many of them. What we found that we're very good at is all the businesses that are relationship driven, right? It's, it's, so it's, think about the things that are most critical to you, that you need the most amount of trust with somebody is usually dealing with your life savings, right? It's, it's, it's a big decision and you got to build a lot of trust and or buying houses same kind of thing it's usually the biggest financial investment you're going to make so all these things have to do with we are very good in supporting industries that have high touch high trust and a lot a big component of a long-term relationship which is not every industry right and yes it works in other industries we have you know tech startups that we've done this with and we have other companies in very different sectors, a nonprofit that we do. So we're doing this with other companies, but the the place that is probably provides the most amount of value is where it's really a hardcore relationship driven because this is what our service provides in the most effective ways. How do you build more relationship and strengthen and nurture these relationships without having to be awake 24-7 talking to people or having a really, really large sales team, which is how other companies solve for that, right? Oh, let's hire 20 more salespeople so we can have more relationships, which is not an effective way to do that. Mike, I know that you are, you've been kind of like getting on podcasts, but you're having a hard time monetizing to a certain extent. Do you want to pick Elizabeth's brain about anything or our brain about anything on that part? Is there any Anybody yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I this is mind blowing. So totally awesome. I think I've been on fifteen roughly, and you know, a little bit of homework. Pablo gave me some homework. Look up Chris Lockhead. Look up some of these other things. I'm absolutely hooked on his "Follow Your Different," and he's doing mental health, which is like right in my wheelhouse. So, where I'm at, five percent, top five percent podcast. Been on one that's top two percent. 
I've been the most downloaded twice for some of these people getting, you know, awesome reviews at that level. So you said, Hey, what do you want to do? I said, well, you know, like Lockhead, he's a top 0.5%. That would be a goal. How do I get like out of this level onto that level? Monetizing. I think, I think I got to redo my website and I'm, and I'm playing with my offer because someone told me to, they said, Mike, you've had people give you the feedback that you deliver more value in a shorter time, but you're still selling time. Like figure that out. I haven't got it figured out, but it's like, <laughs> but I, you know, but so that's, that's still a piece. I loved already how you gave away, you know, just do teasers. I think I've been doing every step of the way. What's the worst day of your life. This is how I got through with some of that stuff. So maybe, maybe out of the top 5% and into the, the next level, maybe start there. Yeah. I would work backwards. I would go to his podcast look at all of his guests that are maybe even similar to you, or maybe that you think would be on a similar tour, like I did with that one guy. And then I would look at, let's say you pick one person that's been on his podcast and you work backwards and you look at all the podcasts they've been on. And then you write that as number two, like right below his Chris's podcast. And then you look at the podcast that another person from that set was on some other, does that make sense? Like kind of follow a similar path and just start tearing all of the podcasts down from him. And then where you find one that you're like, I'm pretty confident I could get on this one. Or I've, I think I know somebody that I, you know, could get me on this one, whichever, then go in at that level and then just work your way up the two or three or four, or maybe even eight that are going to get you to that, to that level. So, and even look up if anyone that you've already been on a show with, has been on any of the shows that are in your tier. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Cool. I'm using that advice right now. I feel like, like, you know, to give you actionable, what I'm taking away from this, right. We are good friends with a guy called Robin Dreek, who is a best-selling author, former head of counterintelligence for the FBI. Mm-hmm. He's been on like top point five. He's been on Lockhead's podcast and I've recently been on his podcast right? On, on Robin's podcast. So I'm going to start, I'm going to just start following Robin's tail. He is a guy that talks about how he recruited spies based on building strong relationships with them. Right. So like, I'm, I'm going to take a page out of Elizabeth's playbook and say, I, you know, I saw Robin, I was on your podcast. I was just on his podcast. I also talk about relationships and how you inject it into whatever and come on. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to add, I think, something that is just to broaden this, and it goes back to Elizabeth, you talked about it several times. It's a lot of it has to do with the research, and the research has to do with what's going to be the hooks and what's going to be the trail that's going to get me where I'm trying to go. And this, this can work for anything, right? It can work for speaking at conferences. It can work for finding clients. It can work for obviously being on podcast. So if we go back and dissect what you just said, the first thing is you figure out how other people got there. What yeah. did they do? Like what made, some people are like, okay, they're huge names. Okay. So Christopher Lockett, I didn't want the podcast. Okay. It makes sense. But there's people you never heard of that has been on the podcast. Like, okay, how did they get there? So they spoke on this show, this show, this show, and this show. And if you search 20 of them and you see a pattern that mm-hmm. makes it even more interesting. So they're like, oh, these three shows everybody has been on, I can try to go and do that show. And you can play that game. If they won't take you, you can play that game a tier now lower than that. Go to that yeah. show, look who's been on it, which show they've done and so on, and build your way uh, up there. So this is one. The other is the hook, right? So what are the topics that these people talk about the most? But what's your 
angle on that that's going to be different, right? Because if it's the same thing, I'm like, why do I need you? I already have this guy. Right. And it was a month ago. So talk to me in six months, maybe. But if you go back and say, okay, we, you talked about this. Here's my point of view. Here's where this is unique. Here's another addition to that. Now it becomes more interesting. And, and I failed doing that. I literally, when I started going on other podcasts or if you really want to go, I'm like, oh, remember you had this? I talk about the same topic. And then obviously crickets on the other side were like, oh, no, we're not interested. And they were like, I'm such a moron. Like they just had the guy. Like, why would they have another show about the same thing? But if they had several different people talk about something similar and you have a different angle, that's a perfect pitch. So it's. And there's also like adjacent topics too. I mean, you know, I, I, most people that I would, you know, follow around would be like, they'd talk about social media or they'd talk about websites or branding. Those are the top three, but no one's talking about email marketing. I could talk about that for hours. Like no one's talking about blogging. I could talk about that for hours. No one's talking about getting on podcasts. I've been talking about that for two hours. <laughs> so like you, you can do these like adjacent things like, Hey, I know so-and-so just talked about social media. It was a really great episode. I loved everything he had to say. I'd love to dovetail that with email marketing, with so, blogging. I want to give an example of contextualizing of how you twist an angle on something that they're like, Oh yeah, I want to talk about that on something that is otherwise very vanilla. And so Amanda Holmes, another person that we really like and that is part of our broader community. And I met with her. We were both at Final Hacking Live and she was doing our playbook of, I have a videographer and I'm going to interview people at the conference. And I was one of those people. So the onboarding is like very, very quick, right? We have like 10 minutes to figure out what we're going to talk about. And we kind of like niche down on talking about how to get more leads. And like, Amanda, let's not talk about how to get more leads. Let's talk about how you want less leads. And she's like, what? I'm like, that's what we're going to talk about. And she's like, that's awesome. So it's at the end of the day, it's a topic she wanted to talk about on lead generation, but it's kind of like flipping it on its head and approaching it from a different angle, which makes it very, very interesting. Another interesting topic, we the one of the clients that are in our pipeline that Pablo talked about before got to us because they heard that podcast. And it was like, holy crap, that's such a crazy point of view. I want to work with these guys. So, and, and you talked about this as well, Elizabeth. Sometimes it's that, it's that one little thing that you said on one specific show that's going to get somebody's attention and they would just really, really like you. And that creates the whole snowball rolling down the mountain. All right, let's call it 6.30 on the dot. We landed this thing. Elizabeth, you were unbelievable. Isar, great stuff today. Jenny, way to kick us off with a great question. And like my favorite data point that I have received in a very, 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 very long time. And, you know, Mike, Gareth, Pratiti, Jesse, Lori, Lee, the MVP, just super, super grateful to have you here. Daniel, thanks for hosting, bro. Yeah. Pratiti asked what this backdrop is. This isn't a backdrop. This is like frosted glass and this is a wall over here. We just happen to be here. And next week, Deb left. Next week, Deb's the guest. Deb's going to be talking about different different platforms for, for communities since she is a consultant on, on, on the platform level. So we're going to be talking about that. And then we're going to have relationship driven growth strategy sessions. Hope to have you either, both. Would love to see you. Never, ever, ever, ever take it for granted that you would put this on your calendar and show up on a Monday. So you know, I, we say this all the time, right? Like the, the level of IQ of people that are showing up here to like get help and give help 
is very, very humbling and, and like highly, highly imposter syndrome creating for me, but I'm going to roll with it. And I really, really appreciate it. Isar, give us final words. Take us away. Yeah. Listen, this was, we say that every week, which is crazy, but I think this was our best session. And every week it just gets better. The questions become better. The guests become better. The, com- the conversation gets to higher levels. And it's, it's really mind-blowing, again, to me, talking about imposter syndrome, being humbled, that, that people at this level of brilliance come and share time with us and with each other and just try to teach each other things. And, and that's what makes it magical. And we really appreciate it that you're spending time with us. And for people who are listening, you know, a lot of people, now we're starting producing this as a podcast as well. Come join us. You know, it's, it's, that's what makes it really interesting is the fact that there's so many people here who has so many different experiences who can add their angles. So come join us Monday afternoons uh, live. You can ask the questions. You can provide the information like everybody does. And again, thanks everyone for spending time with us. Great CTA, buddy. Go get on Elizabeth's calendar, connect with her, download her stuff, follow her everywhere. I think you have another 300 podcasts to listen to before you catch up to her. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> have a great week. Bye, everyone. All right, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it. Everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself, about how you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, that is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is... We've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really want to drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one while you create strategic relationships with the audience one-to-few. And then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one to many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth engine to feed your entire pipeline, marketing team, and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks, and I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is 
uh, my buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media, Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who without him, none of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents. They're my inspiration. They're the best. My family. I love them to pieces. My wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now. But before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode seven or episode 69, those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced by my guy, Michael out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to. And it's really what I am most proud of. Episode seven, episode 69 of this podcast. Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget relationships over transactions. That is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service. So serve others and you will be able to open any door that you ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader, cheer for people, be invested in their future, see what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of your day.